Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. We are but a few days away from Hell in a Cell. So please do go into the last episode where I run you through my Hell in a Cell predictions. And I'm sure we're going to touch uh, a little bit on that today because that's the big thing going down in wrestling right now. Well, in WWE anyway. But as it is the show at the end of the week, I, of course, always invite a Patreon guest on to come and chat to me. And you can be one of those guests if you like. You just head over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316 to get all the information. And it is my friend Gordon. Gordon, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic today. Good. I'm glad, man. Now, amazingly, much like a lot of people that call in, it's extremely early in the morning where you are, and you're calling from the good old US of A. Actually, Canada. Canada. I got it wrong again. I get it wrong every week, but it still blows my... I say this every week. I'm just repeating myself, but it still, it still just it blows me away that here I'm sat in, you know, good old... Well, not good old. I mean, it's murky as hell today in England. You know, in the afternoon, you've just woken up, and yet we can still come together to talk about wrestling. Yep. So, I mean, we'll start where we always start. Uh, let me know your journey uh, into professional wrestling. Like, how did you start watching it? Just give me, give me a, a bit of background and we can start on our, on our, our voyage of conversation. Well, I started my journey in wrestling when I first saw wrestling back in 1985 on Saturday morning. Uh, I got into it because I just felt it was just such a magical thing. You know, just competition between two guys or two women and just seeing who is better than each other. You know, before I, I was 10, before the whole kayfabe was spoiled for me, <laughs> that to me it was just like just one big sports competition. Was there a particular wrestler that you, you know, you warmed towards or somebody that kind of, you know, as soon as you saw them, you're like, okay, I wanted to know more about this person. Randy Savage. Randy Savage, right. So we're going well back. And what, what, I mean, I can imagine what the answer is, but what was it about Randy Savage that, you know, won you over? It was just his over-the-top personality that won me over. It was the way he presented himself, the way uh, he, he just was in the ring. To me, it was just like mastery in the ring. Why not Hulk Hogan, though? I'm playing devil's advocate here. I, I literally did an article about this the other day. I was much more of a macho man guy than I was a Hulk Hogan guy. And I was talking to this about with a friend of mine. And, you know, I, I said the same things as you. And technically, you, not even technically, I think there's no argument about it. You, you know, you can argue all the same, you know, all the, all the same tick points for, for Hogan. And yet, for some reason, when you do talk to wrestling fans, it is all very specifically, oh, no, I was more of a macho man guy or I was more of a Hogan guy. And as we know, you know, retrospectively, there were, there were more Hogan guys than macho man guys but where was the disconnect for you between the two between the two it's because uh hulk i never got any of like the big events in the early going like the manias and all that stuff so the only time i really saw hogan was saturday night's main event whereas macho man was more on the saturday show that's true he was yeah you were, you were lucky to see hogan once a month did that not 
Uh, see, I, I don't necessarily agree with this. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate. But do you think that sort of not seeing Hogan all that time made him feel like a bigger star? But I mean, it's, it's all well and good saying that. But this is a conversation I was having the other day with someone as well. Like the greatest thing about wrestling kind of today is I understand that a lot of people try and keep up a, a certain personality or a, a certain distance between the fans. But I actually think potentially in 2018, it's actually better to sort of, you know, take down those walls. Because you look at what the Young Bucks have done. And this is something that really came across to me when I went to All In. Wrestlers were just walking around. And I think that in 2018, when the world is so small and social media has made everything so much easier, uh, especially when it comes to connectivity, I actually think making sure that you're out there and that you're you know, accessible to people is a much better way to kind of operate business as opposed to sort of being standoffish and almost trying to keep your, star, you know, like your, your, like your aura, your star aura. Well, exactly. And it just goes to show with even some of the wrestlers, even in WWE today, is usually the ones who connect more with the fans on the outside are the ones who the fans gravitate more towards. People like Bailey, like Rusev, like Kevin Owens. Yep. They have this connection with their fans that is undeniable. No, I, I think you're 100% right. And I think, I actually, I do, I really do think, I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about the success that Cody and the Young Bucks have had. I mean, the Young Bucks have been doing it for ages. Like, they, are, they are game changers when it, you know, when it comes to how to portray yourself in professional wrestling. But I think a really good sort of piece of evidence for, you know, what people should do, or at least not should do, but could certainly take inspiration from, is Cody Rhodes. Because, you know, he was on the biggest stage, which is WWE, regardless of what anybody wants to say. And, you know, when he left there, he did kind of tear all those barriers down. Like he part those lists saying, I want to fight these people. You know, he did shows in front of 150 people. I know because I was at one. <laughs> you know, I saw, I saw him do it. And that made him so much more relatable to me. And it also made me enjoy what he was trying to achieve. Because it, 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 I, I could kind of understand what he was trying to do. You know, he felt like he was being misused in the WWE. And he felt like that if he came out of there and you know, could prove to everybody that he was more than that, they'd all get behind him. And that's exactly what he's done. And I don't necessarily think that would have been possible without social media or without, you know, being so open to people and saying, hey, this is me. This is what's going on. Even like with stuff with his last name. You know, he's so honest and open about the whole Rhodes thing that it actually makes me shrug my shoulders and go, well, if you don't care, I don't care either. Well, exactly. And it's just like a lot of the other guys that even tried to break out after they left WWE is they haven't had that because they never had that connection with the fans. Even after they left trying to promote themselves, Del Rio, Del Rio and Ryback, they had minimal success, but nothing on the lines of Cody because Cody was just so open and just upfront of who he is and what his personality is. Yeah, Ryback. You know, he's like, he's like, this is me. If you don't like it. Oh, well, yeah. Ryback, especially, I think falls into that category because what did I see? I saw a post or, or something about Ryback the other day. I was like, oh yeah, Ryback. I'd actually forgot. I don't listen to his podcast. And, you know, I don't follow what he does. I'm sure he's very successful. But yeah, in terms of what he's doing within the world of wrestling, I don't know. I don't know when his last booking was. I don't even know if he's still working. You know, he, he's completely off my radar. And I think, I don't know why that is, because I think he's been quite open with people. So it's just strange. I think it's just the way that, yeah, people operate. Uh, operate when they did one thing i do want to you mentioned it a while ago you know you mentioned the death of kayfabe that's not something i really talk about much on here i think we probably can as and when it comes up now there is obviously a very stringent argument for both for and against it depends on how you how you go down on it but you know you made a point of saying you know when you know before kayfabe died you know what are your impressions on wrestling you know before that wall was torn down 
And how do you feel about it now in kind of, you know, because right now people forget that the 2018 audience is the most up-to-date and aware audience ever. So in a lot of ways, it's like brand new ground. Well, exactly. And like even when it was slowly dying in the 90s, that uh, the wrestling fans kind of knew what it was and kind of knew the whole business. But even until the Montreal Screwjob, I would say was probably one for me, the biggest moment of kayfabe dying. Because uh, to me, I even then I had no idea about Vince McMahon being the owner. To me, he was just some random announcer. Yeah. No, I was. I, and I was uh, the same. yeah, when it happened, I was like just floored. Do you, and that was also too when the hatred for Shawn Michaels in Canada started. <laughs> yes, it was. So do you? I mean, because obviously, I think this is why it's interesting. If we take that as a moment where a lot of people kind of you know found out about. Well, you know, got a sort of face face first, you know, awaking into what to what it actually is. Because the problem with the Montreal Screwjob is, that no matter how you look at it, that was obviously very respons- uh, uh, responsible for the success of the Adjudera. It launched Vince McMahon. Uh, it, it had Stone Cold Steve Austin to be the ultimate uh, babyface, even though I think he would have gotten there anyway. And then Bret Hart obviously gets lost in the shuffle. But if we don't have that, mate, I mean, we don't know. It's all speculation and it's all, you know, what ifs. But maybe we don't go on to have the success that we had with the Attitude Era. But at the same time, as you've said, that did then end this entire period where WWE, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not foolproof. You know, Vince McMahon had gone to certain committees and, and been more than open publicly about what wrestling was. But not a lot of people were into that unless you were reading the dirt sheet. So, you know, which direction would you have preferred it had gone and you preferred not to have had the Montreal school job, but then the Attitude Era may not have been what it was. I mean, what would have been preferred to you? Preferred to me, uh, I see why he did the Montreal screw job because it also stems too from the fact of uh, a lunch for Blaze throwing the title in the trash. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he was just so worried the fact that Bret Hart was going to do the same if Bischoff would have thrown a truckload of money at him. The only thing is, though, is he didn't realize, he didn't keep thinking because he's a businessman of how much integrity that Bret Hart has. That he did, he didn't want, he would never do that. But even with all that, though, do you think that WWE could have, you know, so that incident happens, right? And incidents happen in wrestling all the time, but we move on and we forget about them quite quickly. Do you think that, you know, because as soon as that was done, that was kind of WWE opening the doors. And they were like, you know what? Screw it. We're not going to muck around anymore. As they said themselves, we're not going to insult the intelligence uh, of, of the listener, of the viewer, I should say. Um, but do you think they could have kind of just had like that as a one and done and then continued to kind of send that message out there? That, oh, that, you know, I, I, Obviously, everyone knows that it's not quote-unquote real. I don't like that term, but it's just the easiest one to use. But WWE can still put out there that it is. You know, they can still you know, draw the line in the stand, should they so, should they so wish. But instead, you know, obviously other factors played into this, but they changed their name to entertainment. Every time they're doing corporate interviews, you know, they make sure they get it out there quite early on. You know, do you think WWE could have been the keepers of kayfabe, even though by and large a lot of the audience would have been like, well, we know what's going on? No, because uh, I think then eventually the audience would have turned on them because then you're just insulting the audience's intelligence. But a lot of people say they do that now with Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, they, I, I can see some of people's points, but I can also see, though, is that 
there's been a Roman Reigns in every single era of the WWE. It's true. I made a video so, about this the other day. It's 100% true. Yo, Vince has his handpicked guys, and those are the guys that get pushed the most. Yo, it's just a matter of not if, but when the fans finally cling on to them. I also think that people forget, too, that kids still think it's real. I know a lot of, you know, a lot of my mates have kids and they all watch wrestling. They don't know about all the stuff that we know about that we go out to, to, to you know, to read and, and sort of have been pitched into our brains. They just see two dudes throwing each other around and they just, they're kids. They're innocent. So they're like, yeah, it's real. You know, this is clearly, this is clearly just something that's happening. So I think a lot of people forget, forget about that. Um, I, 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 I'm never upset with where the current product is. I actually like to see it chop and change and evolve because I think that makes it more interesting. Like, if it was exactly the same as it was in the 80s, which a lot of people clammed before, I'd be like, well, I'd seen this, even if I don't like the current product, and I, I do personally, but even if I, I didn't, I'm always happy to see it presented to me in, in a different way, or at least have, you know, a different ideology behind, uh, behind the scenes. But what do you, what, what's your, like, I mean, you're a WWE guy, you're a New Japan guy, like, what's your sort of modern day wrestling viewing? I'm right now. I'm just WWE at the moment because work has me so busy. Yeah. Uh, I did watch all in. I had no idea what was going on with any of the storylines, but well, I don't think anybody did. <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted to support it. So I gave him my money and I actually watched it and quite enjoyed it going in blind. What, what did you think when, you know, penises walk out in the ring? Cause that must've made no sense. Uh, the penis thing, the, uh, one of my friends actually uh, clued me in on that Bef after it happened. Bef he texted oh, me, but while it was happening, while it was happening, yeah, it was a little weird, but thankfully the commentators actually was explaining things too while it was going on, and even while their match was going on as well. Do you? How important do you think all in will be because the problem we have at the moment is we're a few weeks removed from all in and as everything these things are always in a bubble at the time you know people get excited they get hyped up and oh it's going to be the next big thing it's going to change wrestling and it may very well do but we won't know really until two three years down the line where we can retroactively look back and think okay well you know how did it affect this and how did it affect that and of course in a way they're probably things are probably going to go quite quite within you know these terms until the Madison Square Garden shows during WrestleMania weekend because that's when you know the interesting points um the interesting points come up again but I, I have seen a lot of people going oh yeah I knew all in would you know just just fade away which is nuts because it's only been a few weeks but you know well I mean as a guy who's obviously been watching wrestling for over 20 years I mean, what do you want to see it do? Do you think they can come up with some way to actually... I mean, I personally think anyone's going to compete with WWE, but there's different. There's ways and means of competing. Like, you know, selling out Madison Square Garden is competing with WWE because sometimes when WWE go there, they don't sell it out. But given that you watched the show and given that you weren't up on everything they were doing, you know, what do you... You know, actually, let me phrase that. What would you like to see happen as a, as a fan of wrestling? Like, what is the best outcome in order to make sure that, you know, we as people that watch wrestling get more good wrestling? The best thing is, is just uh, one point I can give is more, more of these independent shows trying out these internet pay-per-views, even like with Fight or any other network. Uh, we have a local promotion here called Destiny Wrestling that is getting their first ever uh, pay-per-view on Fight TV because of the success of All In. Really? Well, who, Yo, we, who 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 works for them? Uh, 
pretty much actually they they just get a lot of freelance guys. Like right now, the Destiny champion is Pete Dunn. Oh, I didn't know he worked there. Okay. Yeah, uh, Trent Severn and Tyler Bate come in, and they're even allowed to use the name Mustache Mountain. Nice. Uh, Pentagon Jr. just fought Pete Dunn a little while ago. All oh, right, so this is, a, this is a big card, right? This is a big ass. This is a big ass show. But it's only for like in a 500 seat arena too. And what what what's the what do you know the card for the pay per view they're about to run? No, uh, they haven't announced the card yet because they have one more show before the card's announced. And do you go to these shows? Is it, is it close to where you are? Yeah, it's actually just 20 minutes from where I am, and it's actually run by uh, it, one of the people helping run it is a former WWE wrestler, oh. which is Santino. Oh, it's his right. Okay, what's it called again? Destiny Wrestling. I didn't know that. So I knew that was going down. I did not know that was what... There you go. Look, you learn something new every day. Well, there you go. That's actually quite interesting then because clearly they've got, you know, they've got their eye on their prize. They've got good talent being run by a dude that we know knows his stuff. How often do you go to these shows and, you know, how does it compare to other indie experiences that you see? Are you invested in the stories or do you just go down there to support local wrestling? I go down because it's just great wrestling. I, I go usually about two or three times a year. And they even have a great deal on every show. You know, it's like $100 for front row and VIP meet and greet with the wrestlers. That is good. That is really, really good. And who, so what's like the best matches your stuff you've seen down there? The best match I saw was Pete Dunn versus Austin Aries. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good match. I imagine that must have been quite recent, right? Uh, that was just after uh, his no complete cla compete clause was uh, finished in WWE. Oh, right, so he came out and he thought, man, see, isn't it, this is the best thing about wrestling. Like, I do my best to try and keep up with as much as I can. But, you know, as, you know, we already kind of mentioned, but the amount of WWE there is, sometimes, you know, it's very, um, it's very easy to get lost, you know, within just that because there's so much to cover. But when you hear about, you know, because everyone always talks about the indie booms and, and stuff like that, which is true. There's no two ways, there's no two ways about it. But, you know, when you, um, when you hear about stuff like that, I just think it's fascinating because... That, that's a, you know, it's a solid promotion with a load of good guys. You're obviously invested. They're now going to start putting fight, you know, pay-per-views on Fight TV. Fight TV, in many ways, has become... It's not a streaming service because you have to pay for each individual event. I don't think they do an annual thing. But they have you know, kind of just segued into that without even really thinking about it. And that, to me, and I'm sure you'll be the, sa the same given how long you've been watching, it kind of blows my brain because... Indie wrestling was just never this before. Indie wrestling was something you went to when it was close to you because you just wanted to watch some bizarre wrestling. But it didn't have the showmanship or the... I mean, the production values are still up and down no matter where you go. But it didn't feel like the pro wrestling you were used to. But now, you know, be it in Canada, the United States, uh, over here in the UK, there's just so much good stuff. And it's crazy how much actually goes under the radar on a global scale. Well, exactly. And... Uh... It's even like we're getting the Impact TV tapings here as well in this same place with the exact same people uh, that are running it are helping put on the Impact TV tapings. You know, I wouldn't call Impact – I would call Impact Indie now because of just the drop-down that they had. But even when they were at their best, they still weren't up there with WWE, but they still had a decent product. Well, TNA did. Yes. When, when, when what, what era are we talking about? To tell you the truth, I liked the one storyline most people hated, and that was the Aces and Eights storyline. 
I thought it had potential. I just didn't think it was executed as well as some people had hoped. And I also think by that point, that to me was the tipping point of TNA. That's when I think it's you know it kind of started to fall off a you know fall off a bridge uh, a little bit because I mean looking back now, especially when we start talking about TV ratings, and I think you know Raw just did a two point seven and SmackDown did a two point two or two point three, whatever it was. You know, I, I, I try and look it up actually as we talk, but you know TNA on Spike did a what like one point one million rating or something like that. Yeah, I mean, and it was just like it was the same WWE now and TNA then are doing the same numbers that ECW was, I think, doing in their close-to-dying days. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the numbers now, if, um, uh, what do you call it? If, uh, you know, if WWE were doing the numbers now that they would do, uh, for back then that they were doing now, I should say, they'd be up in arms. Like, WCW never went this low. But I get it. The world has changed and the internet has risen and TV, well, I say TV isn't what it once was, but, you know, if anything, it's more important because the amount of money that WWE is about to make off TV deals. But the thing is, if it does still keep going down, are they going to be able to, you know, make a, a, a deal this good? Well, exactly. And we also don't, like, I'm also worried about the whole SmackDown thing too when they move to Fox because I've seen Fox mismanage so many shows. And my biggest fear is that they're going to go back to pre-taped shows where nobody's going to watch it because everybody already knows the outcomes. Why would they go back to that? Surely the live, uh, you'll know more about this than I do. I don't know, apart from what everybody knows, I don't know much about Fox. Why, why wouldn't they want it to be live? Uh, because Fox likes to control. And, like, Fox is the, used to be the channel that used to push the boundaries. But over the past, like, even five, ten years, they pushed back from that. And it also, too, depends on do they have a spot because Fox's prime time is only two hours long. Yeah. So that means they're giving up the entire Tuesday prime time slot for SmackDown. Whereas they could give up Friday, which is usually the dead shows that they put there. Do you think that SmackDown can still... Well, I mean, again, you are much more... We don't get that stuff over here in the UK. You can access it, but mostly people are watching, you know, news-wise, BBC Sky News and that stuff. Do you... What kind of view... You know, what kind of viewing figures does WWE need to be doing in that spot? And what kind of figures do you think that WWE will actually do in that Friday night spot for SmackDown? Between a Friday and a Tuesday night, I think WWE will stay the same for SmackDown if they move or they may even drop. Uh, moving to Fridays. If they are on Tuesdays, they got the and Fox advertises it right because they're going to want to get their money back for this. Uh, WWE's viewership could really go up because more people have access to Fox than they do the USA Network. Yeah, but I think it has been confirmed for Fridays though. I think in their press release a few years ago, a few years, a few months ago, they said the first one is going to be on Friday, October the nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. So it is going to be a Friday night show. Do you think uh, what 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 is Fox? Okay, in a Friday night position, what is Fox going to expect? Because let's say that it still it continues to do, let's say two point five million as an average. If it continues to do two point five million viewers, as you've just said, the Fox network is far more accessible to more people in America than USA. But is two point five million viewers enough then, or is that going to be seen as a, as a disappointment? That's going to be seen as a huge disappointment because I've seen some hit Fox shows get cancelled for. 2.5 to 3 million viewers shows that we're getting that on a regular basis. So this is what I don't get, though, because 
obviously, we, I think we could probably argue that, the, again, the 2.5 million uh, 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 network number, whatever, a uh, viewership number, is your hardcore audience that wants to watch SmackDown. Hence why they go out of their way, they go out of their way to see it. But if... WWE knows it's a risk. My point being is that I don't. Even though the the sort of the uh, the pool is now bigger because obviously Fox is more accessible to more homes, I don't see how. I don't see what they're going to do that all of a sudden an extra million people. That's what they because that's pretty much what we're talking about here. They need three point five million. I mean, obviously this is all hype. This is all speculation. Who knows and hyperbole. But I don't understand even while moving to Fox, how on earth they're ever going to get up to three and a half million viewers, unless all of a sudden the product becomes amazing. But then if the product can become amazing, do it now. You know, build the extra million people now so that when you do jump over, they come with you and then you can get even bigger still. Exactly. And because these people that you're trying to get to are those clip viewers on YouTube that just watch like the minute and a half long clips, two minute long clips on WWE's YouTube channel that don't even give you the whole experience of what they're trying to, they're trying to get you to come and watch the show. That's what, yeah, that's, that's going to be, I, honestly, I know the TV deals, really when it comes to the TV deals, fans don't have to worry about it that much. You know, it's like, it's not really here nor there. And again, it really doesn't matter what the ratings do in terms of if you're a fan, because you you know, you, it, it makes no difference to you. It's interesting. And I, I find it fascinating a lot, but it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I am, I am intrigued to see, you know what? What if, if this is a benefit or a or a hindrance for for WWE sort of five years down the line? Because that's the real key. Is you know, can because they want to grow their audience. I'm sure they're not happy with the dwindling numbers. You know, I'm sure that they in a dream world they would much rather again probably be. You know, I, I'd imagine they'd want their base always to be around three million. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fascinating. Well, yeah, because uh, and. Here's the other thing, too, is everyone's saying, too, like the quick fix is to get rid of McMahon and bring in Triple H. But that's not really a quick fix for it. They say about NXT being so great with storylines and all that. But if you actually look at it, NXT is actually siphoning off money and kind of actually not making any because their TV tapings alone, I believe, are free to the audience. Yeah. So they're just they're just trying things just to see what sticks. What do you think of the current WWE you know product? I'm assuming you watch most weeks, as do I. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you agree with the criticism? Is Roman Reigns a problem? Like where where do you lay your cap? To tell you the truth, and I I get a lot of hate for this. Is I love it. You love it? Yes. 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 This is what I like. Why? Why do you love it? I like this. This makes me happy. I love it because to me it's. It's my escape, you know. Uh, To me, it's like, yeah, some segments aren't going to be that great. Some episodes aren't going to be that great. But here's the thing. That's with every TV show you watch. Not every episode is going to be a home run, touchdown, any of that stuff. But you stay to see what happens next. And as long as they give you that intrigue, even at the end of every episode, even in the middle of every episode, if there's one thing I'm looking forward to next week, I'm going to tune in. A lot. Of, I, I I agree with you. I want to make that very clear. I'm very much on on your way of thinking. But you know, again, the argument is is that a lot of people don't think that WWE do that. They don't think that they do leave cliffhangers for people to tune in on. And more importantly, they don't feel that 
you know, that they, 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 they do a good enough job in advertising what's coming next week. And that's why a lot of people don't tune in. So I, I think I know what your answer is. But again, I'm just playing that guy. What is why is that different for you? Like, what, what, what is it that because, again, the, the, the big argument is that they don't tell stories as well as they once they once did. Simple as that. No, I, they they had just as many bad storylines. And to tell you the truth, I actually think they have more good storylines now than they did in the Attitude Era. Because to me, in the Attitude Era, they had those few things. Those few uh, wrestlers that were there and that had decent storylines, usually one or two going at a time, in my opinion. But now, to me, I always find about three, four, or five, six storylines at a time. Even if they're not evolving into something, they're trying to tell something to the audience. And to me, it's always entertaining just to see where they go with it. Like with the Sasha and Bailey thing, to me, that, that was just realism of two best friends, two female best friends who uh, at times, yeah, you're going to bicker with each other. You're going to hate each other's guts. And the next minute, you're going to hug it out. And that, to me, that's just realism storytelling. Well, I, 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 would, I would disagree with you on that one. <laughs> but other than that, I agree with you on every single point you make. I, I don't know, if, if anybody watches my ups and downs videos, you know that the whole Bailey Sasha thing drove me nuts. But again, I actually, I do agree with you. I, I think that, yes, I think actually across the board... WWE is more well balanced these days than it was than it was sort of twenty years ago. My gosh, yeah, actually, it was so long ago now. It's amazing that we still talk about it. Uh, but I, I think the other the other issue, of course, is that people don't feel like their guys get pushed, and that ties into the Roman Reigns thing, which I do like to talk about because, as I said time and time again, he's like a science experiment in modern day wrestling, and I like science experiments, like an investigation. Um, I don't mind Roman Reigns. I do think that you know his constant chasing for the title got a little bit convoluted towards the end. That if he does lose on Sunday at Hell in a Cell, which you know I want to start talking about now, I can't handle him chasing the, the title again. I just can't. It's too much. I, I need him to hold it for a while. But get, just give me a take on Roman Reigns, because it's, it's, it's wonderful to talk to someone that's actually positive uh, about, about WWE, especially you know, that I agree with it. So, yeah, like you know, how does he tie into your thinking? Well, to start with Roman Reigns is the biggest way is... They turned on him because he didn't get pushed when they wanted him to get pushed. He was he should have been pushed if the WWE wanted him to be loved by the audience when he broke Kane's record of eliminations in the Royal Rumble. That's when the fans were truly behind him. That's what they loved him, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And once they once the fans realized he was WWE's guy, just like Cena, uh, just like even Hogan fans started turning on him near the later parts of his career. Uh, every single wrestler, like even the rock was even able to get the hatred when he was a heel, uh, that fans do hate the top guys because they want certain other guys to be pushed. Like me, I had a dislike for Hogan and even warrior because I wanted Rick rude to get pushed back in the eighties uh, and early nineties. Yeah. But it didn't happen, but I didn't just start going out and cussing the guy out. I just <laughs> still kept supporting it and seeing how hard this guy is trying. Like every WWE wrestler will tell you that Roman Reigns is an unbelievable worker. 
He puts it all out there in the ring, and he puts on a hell of a show every time he gets in that ring, even if he has to carry you through the slogs like he did with Brock Lesnar. No, I, 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 I don't disagree with you at all. Like, I, I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns. I think uh, well, I, I, it's difficult because now I do, like I said, I do think it's a little bit wishy-washy these days simply because it has become, um, you know, it's become a little bit, I won't say frustrating, that's the wrong, well, I, I will say frustrating. It has become a little bit frustrating because there is a disconnect now between what WWE is doing and, you know, what a certain, and this is the problem as well, it's what a certain se- section of the audience wants to see. And I think that's the problem, obviously, because I've got a video coming out about this for what culture, actually. It's called, of course, it's got a title that makes, you know, it's got a click title. Of course it does. It's called Why WWE Doesn't Care About You. But basically, the, you know, the long and the short of it is, if Vince McMahon sits there and sees all his business metrics going up, which they are at the moment, it's very unlikely he's all of a sudden going to change, you know, his current mindset. And on top of that, obviously, Vince McMahon's not booking the show to be... He doesn't think he's booking a shit show. Of course, he does some things where you're like, he must have done that to wind people up. But by and large, he thinks what he's doing is the, you know, the, the, the best thing possible for his business. WWE now is making more money than they ever have. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Money, a hand over fist. Why is he going to change? People, bit, people bitch and complain about Roman Reigns, but he's the top merch seller now. Yeah. And no, it's not these 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 13, even 8-year-old kids buying the merch. It's the parents. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's why, again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. We're living in this era, which we've never really experienced before, which, you know, is an era where everybody's in on the, the, the joke, for lack of a better term. Everybody... You know, knows what's going on backstage. Should you want to, not everyone, but should you want to, you can. And, you know, people are happy. You know, I think back in the past, in the 80s and the 90s, lesser in the 90s, but there was a time where fans were happy to just, you know, play along. You know, they understood they had a role to play and they would just, you know, not all the time. Obviously, the Lex Luger thing didn't work and Kevin Nash didn't work, but there was never like a vitriolic response as there is now. But that kind of sums up where we are in 2018 with stuff like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, where you can have instant gratification or instant feedback as soon as as soon as you should so wish. And I think that's something that I find. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I find it fascinating. This is why I, li- I like seeing it. And it's also good to hear from people that are actually sitting on the other the other side of the fence. I mean, so look, so what, for example, you know, end of um, WrestleMania this year, you know, fans just crapped all over Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar before, before it began. As a fan actually is happy just to go along from the ride, does that affect your viewing of it? Does it affect your entertainment of that? Of course not, because uh, everyone, even in my group that was picking who would win the matches at WrestleMania. We all thought Roman Reigns was going to win it. And the fact is that WWE will throw you a curveball and show you that anything can truly happen at these events. You know, everyone thought Oscar was going to win. She didn't win. Everyone thought Reigns was going to win. He didn't win. You know, everyone thought Nakamura was going to win. He didn't win. They're trying to show you that truly just because you think you know what's going to happen doesn't mean you truly do know what's going to happen. And to me, that makes it even more entertaining and more exciting to even come back and watch the next night. Do, do you think that a lot of those decisions are based on the fan reaction? And you think WWE does them to show, hey, you know, we can, um, 
you know, we can still swerve you? Or do you think that's always part of the plan and WWE just, you know, goes forward with it? I think they try to think and see what's best for business in the long run. You know, uh, I think one of those three was a mistake in what they happened. Like my, myself, I honestly don't think Nakamura was ready for the WWE championship. Why not? Because uh, he still needs that mic work to be able to carry the show. And to me, he's still not there. And it's not with his English or anything. It's just with what they're giving him and the way he's delivering it. Just It just doesn't sit right with me. Like, to me, the only one that, that should have won that didn't that mania was Asuka. I honestly thought she was ready for it. Well, I think my pro- the only problem I have with Oscar, like, I don't mind what WWE does, but I didn't necessarily enjoy the, you know, the skit with Naomi on this week's episode of SmackDown, mostly because it's just like, why have we, you know, I don't, Oscar was so over, and I felt like she'd proven her worth in NXT, especially that who, who she could be, and instead we've kind of just gone in the opposite direction. I think that's the only thing that bothers me with that, and I get it; it's a difficult thing because Charlotte's their girl, clearly, and they want to push her all the way. But I felt like they ran over Oscar a little bit too much. So that's my main problem with that one. I feel like she kind of got caught in the crosshairs. That and I, I've heard of what she's like as a, like I haven't seen any of her New Japan stuff. So, but I've heard her stuff as a heel and I think they may need to do that. Because A, they don't have any truly dominant female heels on SmackDown Live right now for the women's division. You know, you got the Iconics who are together. You got Carmella, but she's not the dominant heel that you want. And right now she's being floundered off with our truth And you got Becky Lynch with, eh. I, everyone knows that Charlotte is the true heel in that uh, feud because of the fact is that everything Becky Lynch is saying is right. And the fans know it, and the fans are supporting it, and they believe Charlotte was the thief that came in and stole her championship from her. So, uh, talking about that, and obviously looking forward to Hell in the Cell this Sunday, do you think that we're going to get a double turn? Like, do you think Charlotte's going to go face and Becky, uh, so other way around, Charlotte's going to go heel and Becky's going to go face? Do you want to see that? I mean, I actually quite like that feud. I think they've done really well. But what direction do you want to see it head in? I want to see Charlotte heal, and I want to see Charlotte become the true, naming herself the true dirtiest player in the game. I'd be I want to see her, like, surpass her father and how dirty and how much she can get away with it. Yeah. She can be. Yeah, I, 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 the, the thing I like about that is, I don't know how they're going to do it, but if you do do it well, the best thing about doing it is, is that you can keep the title on Charlotte and no one's going to be too mad that Becky Lynch didn't win. Because you can tell that within the story. Like I mentioned this on a video too, but you know, with WrestleMania 13, when it was Austin versus Stone Cold Steve uh, Austin, Austin versus Bret Hart, nobody remembers today that Bret Hart uh, won that match. Everyone's forgotten. All they remember is Stone Cold Steve Austin with blood coming down his face. And the fact that was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the rise of Stone Cold as a lot of people think. It's not like the next day on Raw he was being cheered like crazy. But it was a catalyst towards that. Um, and I, I'm not saying that we could do, I don't think this, you know, Becky Lynch is going to come the next Stone Cold Steve Austin like I've read a lot of places. I don't see that happening. But I do think there's something here. And I think if we execute it well enough at Hell in the Cell, then yeah, I think we're onto something. Exactly. And this is a feud kind of like the uh, 
AJ Nakamura feud where you can have it extended right through even a good portion, even till Survivor Series, you could have it go tell. And you could have Becky Lynch finally winning it. You could have this as the storyline of Sami Zayn and NXT where it was always just so close to getting it, you know, like he was with going against Neville, but never truly able to achieve it. Yeah. And this could be the Becky Lynch and Charlotte thing. What else are you looking forward to at Hand the Cell? Do you have any sort of particular matches, anything you're desperate to see? Uh, well, we all know Jeff Hardy was only putting a hell in the cell so he could do some stupid crap off the cell. Yeah. <laughs> Either gets thrown off it, jump off it, whatever. What do you think he's going to do? Give me a prediction. Because I, I can't, I, I fear for this. I mean, as a kid, I used to love this stuff. But now as an old man, I'm like, man, this is worrying. Well, first, I still think this is probably going to be the last match in their feud. I hope so. It hasn't, uh, really, it hasn't really connected to me like I was hoping. No, and because if they're trying to make Randy Orton this uh, killer of the fans' legends, he can't go off starting off his first victim with a with a loss. Yeah. And I honestly think that Jeff Hardy is going to do a Shane McMahon thing, jump probably Swanton off the cell. No, no, he can't. He'll this, die. He'll die. <laughs> Miss Orton, and Orton's going to just drag his lifeless body into the ring, and you can have Jeff Hardy disappear for a little bit. Man, if he does, I, oh, it's too much for me, Gordon. I won't be able to handle it. It's too, it's too, it's, it's, that could go so wrong. I mean, I'm sure they'll come up with a way, oh, if, even if they tease it, I'm going to freak out. Uh, actually, let's do it quickly as we're, we're coming. We're, 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 amazingly, time, time is just flying by. Let's just go through the card quickly. I mean, I gave my prediction on Wednesday, like I said, but it's always interesting to get somebody else's perspective. So you think Randy Orton's going to win that one after a, a botched um, Hell in a Cell attempt? But let's, let's go through it. So let's, let's do the tag team matches first. So Raw tag team uh, titles. Uh, Sheamus and Cesar, Sheamus, what am I talking about? Reading the wrong notes. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Uh, where do you fall on that? Who do you want to win? And who do you think is going to win? Uh, I want Ziggler and McIntyre to win. Yeah. I think the Shield are going to win. You think, do you think you're going to take the belts off Drew and Dolph that quickly? Yes, because I think they're going to, with what a lot of the rumors are believing, that they're after the Braun and Roman thing are done, I think they're going to push Drew in with Roman. Well, I I'd be all right with that. I think you know Drew McIntyre is definitely ready to be a main event level heel. Do you not worry that that? Well, my I don't mind it, but my only worries are a it's going to make the IC title even more redundant than it already is, and also I always worry about hot shotting any kind of championship around that much. I feel like it weakens it a little bit. Exactly, and it's just like the first run of the Shield when Ambrose held the US title. It was one of its most irrelevant times. Because you never saw him defend it. The, the tag titles were bigger because Seth and Roman at the time defended him way more than Ambrose ever defended his U.S. title. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I really hate the fact the IC title's not being defended on this show. I think it's ridiculous. Um, which, is my, which is my nerd comment. But hey, I'm passionate about it. Uh, let's talk about the other one. So we've also got the New Day versus Rusev and Aiden English. Kind of a similar situation. New Day's only just won it. Uh, if Rusev and Aiden English don't win it, I don't know what else they do. I honestly think that New Day are just transitional champions, and I think Bruce Evan and English were meant to beat the Bludgeon Brothers. Well, if I hope you're right. 
Gordon, my word. If you're right, I will do backflips. I mean, I worry that you're not and that Aiden English and Rusev are going to break up, but I'd much rather... I would be very happy if that happened. Very happy. Yeah, and I like I said, it, it was a freak thing with Eric Rowan getting injured yet again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I honestly think New Day weren't... New Day are just the transitional champions. Well, dude, I, I, I like so far, I like your booking of this card. This is all good. Uh, let's do Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus the Miz and Maurice. Miz and Maurice all the way. I, I agree with that one. I think if you want to continue uh, that feud, you got to do it. Uh, I honestly don't think Bryan's going to get a win over the Miz until Mania. Till Mania? You think they can hold out that long? Yeah, because the next match after this, because this is kind of like what you were saying is you didn't want this to be like a transitional match. Yeah. But this is just a transitional match into their Super Show match where the winner gets a shot at the WWE Championship. I forgot about that. You are right. So, But how, so how do we get all the way to Mania, though? Mania is like six months away. Like Brian was saying before his contract was going to be up, if WWE can do it, they could do a good storyline from SummerSlam to Mania. They did say. If they right do it right. Did. Well, you, know, you can separate them a little bit after The Miz starts going for the WWE Championship. I honestly think it could be The Miz and Brian for the title. Brian finally getting the win over The Miz and finally getting his second WrestleMania moment. It's not, it's not an idea that I hate. It's not an idea that I hate at all. I, I, I hope that WWE are as ambitious as you are. Uh, Yo, because me, my two main events of Mania are Miz and Brian for the WWE Championship and the Shield in a triple threat. What, for the Universal Championship? Yeah. Well, people aren't going to hate that. Who, who, who's, the, who's the women's championship, though? Who, who, who fights for that at WrestleMania in your head? In my head? Uh, it's uh, Charlotte and Rousey, of course. Yeah. I honestly think uh, one of them... I think Rousey's going to win the Royal Rumble. I honestly think she's going to lose the title soon. Interesting. And I think she's going to go after Charlotte. You know, because Charlotte's going to be heel at the time, I believe, and spouting how much, how much she's the best. Well, and Rousey's the type that wants to always beat the best. I, I mean, okay, well, let's segue into it. Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. Surely she doesn't win the title here, though. Surely she beats Alexa Bliss. She's going to beat Alexa Bliss, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who, was, who do you think she loses it to? Uh, I honestly think uh, she, she could either lose it to a recent NXT call-up, i.e. Shayna Blazer or something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. That would be good if they did do that. Or she could lose it where someone screws her over, i.e. I. Stephanie. Yeah, that could, I mean, that could happen. They've teased it a lot. So, yeah, no, you're, you're, there, there, there is due diligence there whatsoever. What about Charlotte versus Becky then? I mean, I think we kind of talked about this earlier, but you're going with Charlotte, right? I'm going with Charlotte, and I'm going with, like you're saying, with the heel turn. Yeah, I, I hope they do it. I think there's gold to be struck here. I just worry. I worry uh, I worry that they won't do it. Uh, what about... Uh, oh, man, we've gone through everything. It's just the two championship matches. All right, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. I, again, AJ, I, I'm with you. I, I love AJ, but his time has run as the champion. And uh, I honestly... I honestly would like to see more Miz and Samoa Joe go As against a, each other. What about, the, what about them both being heels, though? Do you not think that could be a problem? No, nah, to me, that's even better. <laughs> Why so? Both men will do whatever it takes. And we both know both men would stoop to any tactic. Well, that's to right. Me, it would be interesting. Like, 
And you could even have like even uh, after his and AJ's program is done, because I could even see that going to Survivor Series as well. Yeah, no, I totally can. I, I think as long as Joe wins here, I don't want another Nakamura situation where all of a sudden, um, you know, we, 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 you know, someone just falls off the radar like Nakamura did simply because he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't pushed in the. He didn't. It, I know you disagree, but I do feel like if they were going to do it, they should have done it. And I think Joe's in an even better position than Nakamura. So, uh, so I hope they do it. And last but not least, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. We, I mean, we have to assume that he's cashing in his money in the bank, but I'm still dubious about that because of the way WWE books. But what do we do here in your world? Well, he has given his money in the bank briefcase to Corbin. He has, but I don't trust it. I just don't, I don't know what it is. I just got a funny feeling WWE's going to pull something stupid out of their brains. But I, I could know. honestly see them uh, having it that since the ref didn't announce it after Braun, get, after Braun gets beat, that someone could bring in the swerves that uh, now Braun is going to cash in his money in the bank after Ziggler and McIntyre beat the crap out of him. That is the kind of crap that I'm worried about. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'll enjoy it, but I just don't want to see Roman lose the belt. I just don't. I just don't. I'm just, I don't I think don't. he is. I think even no matter what they pull, I think Roman's coming out. I, I, dude, I, 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 just like I say, I cannot watch Roman Reigns chase, chase a universal title anymore. I can't do it. He's got the belt now. They've been building to that for 722 years. I'm happy for them to just continue, uh, continue on regardless. But we'll have to wait and see. And, of course, don't forget, we're probably going to have the pre-show match of the Iconics versus Naomi and Asuka. Oh, man, they better not do that. that <laughs> do you think Oscar turns on Naomi eventually and goes proper heel? I think so. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm not against that. I think it's probably a more interesting feud than what we've got going on. Because now. they have nobody. They have nobody. Yeah, no, you're right. Other it's... than Iconics and Carmella, and soon to be hopefully Charlotte, they have absolutely no heels. And also, apparently, Carmella's a face now. She came out all happy with our truth singing his theme song, Over the Moon. Well, because they're in the Mixed Match Challenge together, the <laughs> fabulous <laughs> truth. Do you watch that? Do you watch that at all? Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. Especially now this year that they're doing it as a round robin instead of just one match and you're out if you lose. So you'll get to see all the teams compete multiple times. I think I, I like the concept. I like the idea of them doing stuff on Facebook. So, And the fact that Facebook watch is now available more because in the first one, I had to wait until it was spoiled for me and then to watch it on the WWE network three, three days later. Yeah. Now Facebook watch is available in Canada I can watch live as it happens. Yeah, and it should do better because of that. You're right. It's a very good point. I'll be intrigued to see how that does. I didn't think about it like that. That is, a, I forgot that Facebook Watch is involved like that. So yeah, we will. Uh, we will have to wait and see. Uh, right, Gordon. Amazingly, how an hour has just gone. I, I've absolutely no idea. But uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Anything you'd like to promote or plug? I uh, no, I'm great. Well, that's it nice. was a great chance to chat with you. It was a great chat. I mean, again, how how on earth uh, that's uh, that that's an hour? I, I don't know. Let me just before I do this all the time. Before I do do this, I just I do always I like to check a wrestling news site before I go, just in case something has happened. Yes, one thing I did want to talk about before. Uh, do you watch NXT? I'm going to guess that you probably do. I, I watch it when I can, yes. Yeah, so apparently Matt Riddle's first feud is going to, go, is going to be against Cassius Ono, uh, obviously the indie known as Chris Hero. Uh, what are your thoughts on Matt Riddle, you know, Cassius Ono? Is that something you want to see? And how do you feel about Matt Riddle going into NXT? 
I think this feud is probably just... I think they're just feeding Ono to Matt Riddle. I totally agree, yeah. I think it's a good guy to work with and sort of teach everything to and whatnot. Yo, it's just like on their house shows, uh, they were trying to show how great Ricochet truly is, that he can face anyone. And on all their house shows, they were having Harper and Breeze. That was cool. I like that. Well, I like it when so. they do stuff like that because the, the fans love it. I, I love it. I really do like when they do something like that. Yo, NXT, like I said, is all about them just seeing what sticks to the wall and seeing what they can do. Like, I'm also intrigued by the Nikki Cross-Bianca Belair feud. Yeah, no, I, 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 would, I would be up for all of that. In terms of what do you think of all the, the Champa Gargano stuff as well? Uh, I honestly think it's almost run its course. Uh, I think it was great. I think the chemistry they have because they're such good friends in real life is just so amazing. You know, and I honestly think they're going to have some swerve on who attacked Aleister Black when he returns. Who would you like that to be? Um, tell you the truth, I would like it to be, I would like it to be anyone that's unexpected. I don't, I don't want it to be Ciampa because to me, that's the easy way out. That's the cop out, like the whole Rikishi running over Stone Cold. <laughs> it is. Oh, I don't think anything would ever be as bad as that, or at least poorly handled after that. That was ridiculous. Oh dear. Oh well. Such as such. such, you know, such uh, who knows? That's just crazy, crazy nonsense. <laughs> I forgot. I'll never forget that Rikishi ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin. That it just went nowhere. Did they even have a match? They didn't, did they? No, not that I know of. I, if, if they did, well, we've all, all forgotten about it. it was like, because it was like just such a fart in the wind. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, it makes me laugh. No, because, no, they didn't have a match because then Triple H took over and That's said right. that he coerced Rikishi. That's right. And then they had the Triple H. Uh, oh, man. What a strange time wrestling was back then. I know we all look back on it with rose-tinted glasses, but it wasn't half weird to say the least. Exactly. It was all, it's all fun like it is now. To oh, me, man. it's the best form of entertainment. I love your attitude, Gordon. This is the, this is, you, you and I share very similar feelings when it comes to this. I totally agree with you. It's all nonsense, really, and therefore we should just enjoy it for what it is because it's a laugh. Exactly. It's like any movie or TV show you watch. Man, if everyone had our attitudes, I tell you, the, the wrestling community would be wonderful. I tell you that right now. But that will never change. Well, look, Gordon, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed that chat. And thank you again for, for supporting all my Patreon nonsense. It really does mean a lot to me. No problem. I'm happy to do it. Thank you. They're very, very kind. And again, if you'd like to come on, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316 or just throw Donald in there because all of this stuff is supported by Patreon, uh, especially as I fix my shoulder. I'm trying to focus and concentrate that on even more. And you can find evidence of that if you head on over to youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report rules where I'm just uploading a bunch of bizarre content for your hopefully entertaining pleasure. On Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. Uh, head on over to Facebook. Join the Facebook group, Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast. You just search for that. Give us five stars on iTunes. Go share us. Go tell a friend. Go tell two friends. And I will talk to you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>